It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. Welcome to You Are Okay with Blog Talk Radio. This is Mara, and I am so pleased that you've joined me this morning. Thank you. Thank you for doing so. The music playing behind us is um, Lisa Lynn and George Tortorelli's Invocation, and it's so beautiful and so soothing. And let's just talk for a few minutes about what we're doing right now. In preparation for the show, what I do, and and I'm encouraging you to think about doing something of this nature for yourself, is I, uh, I light some incense so that the fragrance of the air around me is beautiful. And so right now I'm lighting incense. I've had some burning in the room and it smells wonderful. It, it, it keeps my senses alive. It reminds me that everything is God. Everything. The sense around me, the furniture around me, the people around me, the plants. And in fact, probably my first realization that God was in the plants, even though I sensed it, the first realization was when I read the Celestine Prophecy. Now, when I light incense, just as some of you may be doing right now, or you're lighting a candle, I I try to say just, just a little prayer, something to invite wisdom into my words, to ignite my heart with love, to remind me of who I am. And to this point, I have never found a quote that is quite as full of memory as this one from Rabia the Mystic. So sitting here amidst the pleasant smells, the beautiful, beautiful smells of earth incense, listening to the invocation, I remind you that on a mountain, In a valley, I behold only God. In hardship, I see Him by my side. In ease and well-being, I behold only God. Like a candle, I melted amidst the sparks of the flames I behold only God the idea that everything is God is so contrary to everything that we have been taught and and it is a nouveau thought a new idea it's people call it new age 
It's an old, old wisdom that has been around forever, but one that man finds difficult to believe. What I am doing now is working with you on your journey to the light, your journey to believing that you are important to God, just the way you are, that there's nothing you need to do to be enough because you already are enough. You are perfect, just the way you are. And you are loved, just as you are. Because you are the perfect product of everything that you have lived. And that's a whole different concept on the word of perfection than we have traditionally adopted in our society and that most of us believe in. Under this concept of perfection, we are okay even when we are imperfect. Under this perception of perfection, I guess I've got a Peter Piper thing going there, we are, we are a perfect reflection of every choice we've made. Now, very difficult for us to forgive ourselves for our past choices. And so many times our minds go focusing on those choices, those ideas, those things that have happened. And the bottom line is, my friends, I think whether you believe in God, whether you believe God is called Allah, Yahweh, uh, some other name, whether you believe that God is actually Buddha who did not profess to be a God, no matter what you think about God, and even if you don't believe that there is a God, even if you don't believe, I think there is one thing that all of us who are listening right now can agree upon. I think we can all agree that you cannot change the past. It is done. It is done. And we may truly regret how it it has gone forward, but it is done. And so sometimes you need to go to that safe place that you've created for yourself. I used to drive out and look at this tree. Now I'm blessed. I have a little room that's my own that has my favorite writings, uh, writings, has my writings in it, but also has my readings in it. And I can go and pull out books like I did a little while ago in preparation for this program. And I can read snippets here and snippets there to just read ignite in me a sense of awareness, that very thing I was praying for. Because I cannot change what has happened. I am no different than all of you. Now, I may be a little bit different than some of you. Some people might think I'm weird because I do basically uh, have a connection to the other side that is very alive, that has never died for me. I'm what people call, uh, what I call a heightened sixth sensor. Other people call us a variety of names from seer to clairvoyant to empath and I, it channels. There's all sorts of names and there's all sorts of ways of manifesting this connection to the other side. Some people see auras, some people hear voices, you know, and and it is what it is. And I have some of those responsibilities. I've never lost 
my connection with God. So when I talk to all of you about faith, I have no true sense of having to have faith that God exists. Because I know God exists. I feel God in my very being, and I always have. If I take those three deep breaths, remember the first lesson on the journey was breathe. When I complete those three deep breaths, I feel an electric energy going through my body, and I feel my mind light up. As though what I am saying is being channeled through me. And I trust the words. Now, sometimes I'm not a perfect interpreter because I don't get it in terms of words. I get the feelings. But bottom line is, I'm pretty accurate and I'm brave enough. Maybe that's my face. I'm brave enough to put it out there and let you sort through it and have it mean whatever it means for you. Now, that, that, I am different in that regard. I will admit that. That is who I am. That is my destiny. It's not something I go around talking about all the time, but hey, here I am on the radio talking about it because I'm not going to deny who I am. And I'm a part of God, a very small part of God, just as all of you are. And together, if we imagine God as a beautiful gemstone ring, a giant one at that, if you lose a gem, even one gem, the gemstone ring is not perfect. And God is perfect. So all of the stones are in place in that ring, in exactly the place they need to be. And not one of us can change what's happened in the past. We cannot travel back in time and redo it. All we can do is accept what is in the now and make decisions that are at our highest level here in the now. So what does this have to do with forgiving yourself and forgiving others? Gee, I can give you a real-life example of it, and I have a couple of readings here today. But I can give you a real-live, live example. On Friday, a holiday, some of you may not have known it was a holiday. I was surprised, but I ended up working, and I worked in an office of a friend that houses many offices, and uh, we were working on a common project for because we have a common employer. And this building houses all of the offices that for my employer, or many of them. Well, I was explaining that I don't like the chaos and fighting. And that, but you know what? I went further. I think I began gossiping because I was saying that there was a person within that structure who... Uh, just, you know, seemed to be this constant clash, not just with me, but with others, which is me able to talk, you know, obviously, but maybe not. Maybe I just talk about me. But bottom line was, um, I said, uh, I described an incident with that person, kind of crystallized our experiences and how she had told me that she we were supposed to have lunch, we were supposed to have lunch, we were supposed to have lunch, and then suddenly the day we were we were scheduled for lunch, she backed out and said she couldn't be seen in public with me. Whoa, that was a big statement. Now we both are leaders in our, our positions, so but that did hurt me. Did it need to be said again? No. It's done. Did I need to be telling this person about it? No. That was gossip. 
Now I need to forgive myself. And I also need to forgive the person who said that to me. I have no control over her. And unfortunately, as life would have it, after I finished saying that, I looked up and I saw her walking out to her car. So in a moment when I was not being my highest self, when I had the choice, oh, I could justify it. I wasn't trying to explain myself. You know what? Sometimes things should be left unexplained. I did something that I need to forgive myself for. I'm sure you all have things that you need to forgive yourself for. But what is it about us human beings that we cling to those things? We cling to them. And in Neil Donald Walsh's book, Conversation with God, book three, there was a little discussion about that. And it goes, Yet I tell you this, you are worthy, and this is on page 86, as is everyone else. Unworthiness is the worst indictment ever visited upon the human race. You have based your sense of worthiness on the past, while I base your sense of worthiness on the future. The future, the future, always the future. That is where your life is, not in the past. The future, that is where your truth is, not in the past. What you have done is unimportant compared to what you are about to do. How you have erred is insignificant compared to how you are about to create. I forgive your mistakes, all of them. I forgive your misplaced passions, all of them. I forgive your erroneous notions, your misguided understandings, your hurtful actions, your selfish decisions, all of them. Others may not forgive you, but I do. Others may not release you from your guilt, but I do. Others may not let you forget, allow you to go on, become something new, but I do. For I know that you are not what you were, but are, and always be, will be what you are now. A sinner can become a saint in one minute, in one second, in one breath. In truth, there is no such thing as a sinner, for no one can be sinned against, least of all me. This is God speaking. That is why I say that I forgive you. I use the phrase because it is one you seem to understand. In truth, I do not forgive you and will not forgive you ever for anything. I do not have to. There is nothing to forgive, but I can release and I hereby do. Now, once again, as I have done so often in the past through the teachings of so many other teachers. This is not new age. Forgive others as you forgive yourself. My friends, most people do not forgive themselves. Therefore, they can cling to their misguided, ill-conceived ideas about someone else. And in doing that, they deny themselves the opportunity to be all they can be, to be their highest self, free, free, knowing that they are enough just as they are. That is a huge, huge idea. 
that you are enough just as you are. How can that be? Because if I can accept that I am enough, no matter what I have done, then that means everyone else is enough. And how can I allow everyone else to be enough? Because sometimes people do things that hurt my feelings. And there's another Neil Donald Walsh story that beautifully explains that. And those of you who have listened to this show for a while have heard this story before. And those who have not, uh, we'll hear it for the first time. But what we're going to do first is together we are going to breathe. Because I feel or sense someone out there who needs to take some long, deep breaths and join their breath with God's breath. And I sense that we all need to remember that God is three breaths away and that we can choose our thoughts And that actually, it's not even three breaths, I just realized. It's simply reaching out your hand and taking the hand of God in the moment in which you find yourself. So what we're going to do right now is we're going to listen to... I Unfortunately, I lost so much of my music, and I'm, I'm now looking at it and trying to decide what piece. But I want us to be able to have a good breathing experience. So we're going to play Suspiria's Sea of Tranquility. And we're going to breathe together. And it's going to be longer than a minute. It's it's actually going to be eight minutes. And we're just going to breathe and focus our thoughts. We've had two lessons on our journey. The first lesson was breathe. And the second lesson is choose your thoughts. And so for the next few minutes, we're going to breathe together and we are going to think. And we are going to think, I am loved. So if you could please get yourself into a comfortable position. Me, I'm sitting here in my little room on a chair. I used to do the, um, I used to be able to sit with my legs crossed, never quite with my feet upward, but with my legs crossed in an Indian style. And I don't do that anymore because I hurt my hip, but I can still sit calmly. And I sit with my feet flat on the ground, and I breathe, taking long breaths. And what has helped me in taking long breaths is to breathe as though my nose is in my feet. Because then I pull a breath in and I pull it up the front of my calves, up the front of my thighs, I am loved. And I bring that same loving breath across to the base chakra and I pull it up. And as I come up the chakras, I release the energy that is within them. And with the base chakra, I release the fear that binds me to the earth. And instead, I pull fearless breath up. And then I come to the sacral chakra and I release the creative energy that is in that breath so that I can be all I can be. So that I can see the signs of who I am right now, not in something that occurred in the past, but in right now. The beauty of this moment. I sit here surrounded by beautiful light. 
I am enough. I am love. Now pulling that fearless, creative breath up, you come to the solar plexus. The zone of healing. There's so much disease around us. There is so very, very, very much disease around us. And this is a way to release fearless, creative, healing breath into your body and into the world. Bring your fearless, creative, healing breath up. Now come to your heart. So many of us have our hearts broken by other people, by circumstances, by not being recognized. People talk about the ego, and to me, the ego probably rests in the heart. So let's open up our hearts to the healing energy that we are bringing to it with our breath, our own breath. And pulling that energy up now, fearless, creative, healing, loving energy. Stop for a moment before you move up into your skull. Stop right at your throat, your throat chakra. The place where you have said all of the unloving things you have said. And where others have said them too. And that's going to be your zone of forgiveness. Forgive others and yourselves. Now pull that forgiving, loving, healing, creative, fearless breath up. And for a moment, pause. Between your third, actually in the center of your forehead, the third eye. And just sit there and see yourself as the highest self that you can be. Realize that when you haven't been your highest self, you've been a teacher allowing someone else to be their highest self. And when they rise to that occasion, you have been the student learning as you move on to define yourself in the next moment. And now pull your breath out and open the top of your head as though it's got a latch on it and allow your breath to go out and merge with the breath of God. Breathe out. I am enough. Reach out to your hand and take the hand of God who is with you always. And feel the energy of God being with you, holding your hand as you continue to breathe. Breathing in, I am loved. Breathing out, I am enough. Breathing in, I am loved. Breathing out, I am enough. Now reach out your non-dominant hand or your other hand and take the hand of a fellow listener's God. 
so that together we form a circle human God woman God man God surrounded by the divine energy of our connection surrounded by our different perceptions until we create a solid circle of love where our perceptions as we breathe begin to merge together and as you see this circle you see the light igniting around it as it flashes around like a flash of fire moving from person to person until there's just this solid white light going around the circle going through you and around the circle as you're breathing I am lost. I am enough. Feel the power of the light as you are a part of the circle. Feel the electric charge. Breathing in, I am loved. Breathing out, I am enough. Sitting here in this circle, surrounded by love. Let me tell you another Neil Donald Walsh story that very much has to do with forgiveness. I have it in a synopsis format, so this is not the book. I think it's called The Littlest Soul or something to that effect. It's written for children. It's written to help them understand their position in the world and their value in the world and the value of all people in the world. And when we went into our circle of love, as we were talking, I said to you that one of the hardest things is if we can accept that we are enough, that means we have to accept that other people are enough. And we have to let go of our hardlings toward that person, and that is hard. Basically, we have to accept that everything is just the way it's supposed to be. And then move on to look for resolution. And the story pretty much lays the foundation for that acceptance or that knowledge. One day, God was standing at the uh, talking to a bunch of souls that have lived life. They'd experienced much that life had to offer. They understood the... Um, the idea that they were loved by God and that they were a part of God. 
that God sent them here to be a part of him. For those of you who are any of the three dominant faiths, your religious text says, I am that I am. And so many people struggle with that concept that there have been books written on what does God mean. Now, you need to think, or I would encourage you to think, about the idea that we, if we are all part of God, that means that God is divided. And I love the way the Kabbalah teaching talks about that division of God because it's the idea that once God, as God, intact, not separated, everything was perfect and there was nothing to experience or feel. So God decided that he wanted to experience people remembering, or she wanted to experience people remembering her or him. So God broke itself like a vase falling off of of a shelf that's high up into millions of pieces. Now, because God is energy and God is everything, God still existed as God, as the full vase intact. But because God had divided himself, she set up the circumstance for people to experience and feel the joy of recognition that aha moment that I am a part of God, that I am safe, that I know, that I am healed, that I am loved unconditionally, and that I can love unconditionally. Challenges for our human spirit, huge challenges. Huge, huge challenges. And so, when we read, oh, one more thing. In Exodus, when um, Moses was supposed to have the Jews follow him, he said, Tell them, God said to Moses to tell them that he came at the direction or from the great. I am. Now breathe in. What is God's name? I am. Feel that. That's a scary thought for some of you. Some of you will hang up the phone immediately or stop listening on your computers immediately. Others of you will think, ah, God told us his name. This isn't Mara telling you what it is. 
God's name is I am. Now, that's a scary realization because that means that each one of us should be more cautious with how we're acting. You know, if we're getting a report card, you know, and getting grades for how we're acting our divine selves, there are times when I am getting an F. So that realization carries with it responsibility. And then we I am that I am. We are so that God can experience. We are so that as an entity, all of us can experience the joy, the excitement, the electric charge of the realization that we are unconditionally loved and safe. That there is no place to go but home to God. And that everyone is okay. Everyone is okay. As we go about realizing that we are loved and seeing more in others than they show us. And now the story. And I'm going to play behind us the journey because I think this story is so beautiful. And or maybe I'll play behind us within our reach, heaven and urge, earth, excuse me, within our reach. Because this story is so beautiful. Now I started to say there were some angels, a symbol talking to God in heaven. These were people who were not on the planet right now. They were at home with God or the planet. Who knows? Who cares? And so we're going to set aside our fear. And I feel I've ignited a lot of them. These angels are talking. And this little angel comes rushing up to the assembled group. And it says, pulling on God's cloak, because this is a human story, okay? So pulling on God's cloak, the little angel said, God, God, I want to forgive. I want to forgive. Little angel, there is nothing to forgive. Everything is perfect here. There is nothing. It is blessed. But I want to forgive. I want to forgive, the little angel said. Little angel, I'm sorry. There's nothing to forgive. And the little angel walks away and his wings are falling down. And on his back, you know, just sad. You could see the sadness. in this little angel who had found something to experience in the midst of perfection. And that something was disappointment. And an older angel, a wise angel, who had lived everything there was to live. Who knew all about realization of being safe. Who knew uh, that he was unconditionally loved by God. Who knew 
that everyone is unconditionally loved. Stepped out of the assembled angels and said, Little angel, I'll let you forgive me. And the little angel started flying up in the air and he was so happy. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. And the very old, wise angel said, I ask only one thing. And the little angel flies up anything, anything, anything at all, so that I can experience forgiveness. And the old angel said, Remember who I am. That is the challenge, my friends. As we're sitting here in an energy-powered circle of love, talking about age-old truths, that is the challenge. Remembering who someone else is. Had I done that the other day, I would not have said anything about this other person I would have remembered that her decision was based in fear and my response should come from love she was my teacher when she was negative toward me that day And I had a chance to be a good student and also become a teacher of love, the circle of life, showing her that she was enough and that it was okay. And I am okay. I am okay. Just as I am. And now, the other day, I more likely than not have given her an opportunity to forgive me. And hopefully, in the process, she will be able to remember who I am. Let's sit here together, breathing in. I am loved. Find your mind starting to leave the magic of the circle. Just think, I love myself. I forgive myself. I am forgiven.
love myself. I forgive myself. I am forgiven. Loving others as you love yourself is a real challenge because the challenge of the human condition is to love oneself. We feel that we are not enough, that we were born with original sin, that we were born sinners, that we were born not enough, we were born unworthy. And all of those feelings are then made worse by conditional love. Don't do this. I I love you when you do this. I love you when you don't do that. And and yet God is not like that at all. God loves us no matter what we do. And that's really a challenge. How do we help each other? How do we raise our children to lead with love unless we lead with love? So often we get caught up and we want to blame God. And you know what? If you want to blame God, that's what I call a good Isaiah moment. Just go ahead and do it. Go outside, shout and scream. God can take it. God can take it. Blame love. Blame love. That's God. 
Have you ever thought about who you would be and what your life would be like if you thought of God as love and you gave up the other human names that we give to God that separate us? What would love do now? Love bless you. Love, damn it. Love. 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 And the answer is love. And as we move toward an enlightened species, as we are changing at such a rapid pace how we live, and we need to take that section from Corinthians that is said at weddings, and we need to live it now, not just between husband and wives, not just between family members, but we need to live and what would love do now? When you say words to me that make me feel bad, what would love do now? When you disappoint me immensely because you don't make the choices that I want you to make, What would love do now? When you hurt another person and my heart is broken that you did that, what would love do now? Every soul has come to this planet to experience life and make choices in love. Some souls get sidetracked all the time, and some souls get sidetracked part of the time. But take my word for it, all souls get sidetracked. All souls, even those who come to this planet and remember have have another foot on the other side and know their connection with love. Know, just as I avowed at the beginning of the show, who know that there is a God. I have no doubt. No doubt. I get sidetracked. We all get sidetracked. And we need to forgive ourselves those moments when we get sidetracked. And we need to forgive others those moments when they get sidetracked. That's not to say that we become uncautious. That's not to say that we ignore uh, our instincts that tell us that we are in danger. We may be in danger. But there are ways to deal with being in danger that find their bases in lack of judgment. Well, you say, well, how can that be? How can that be? It can be, gee, 
there are four men on that elevator. They look like they're pretty nice guys. I think I'm going to wait for a different elevator. That's my instinct. Some people would say that was my judgment, that I that I was at risk, but the judgment was about me. We only have control over ourselves, and I feel, even as I've said these words, I've made a really fine line distinction that I think each one of us live. But if there are other women there, and I say to them, as two of them start to get on the elevator, if I say, I wouldn't get on that elevator, if I were the two of you, now we are judging those men. We are not leaving them to be who they are. And taking care of ourselves, we are now telling others that we have a judgment about them. I think many times the judgments that we experience as human beings come from the words we use. This woman's words that she couldn't be seen in public with me. Now, that was a judgment. That was a judgment. But how I took those words. didn't have to be as unloving, as unforgiving as I had been with them. I lost sight of the fact that on a mountain, in a valley, I behold only God. In hardship, I see him by my side. In ease and well-being, I behold only God. Like a candle I melted amidst the sparks of the flames. I behold only God. So when I'm looking at someone else and I'm judging them and I'm sharing that judgment with others and I'm acting negatively on it by making them aware of my judgments. Instead of allowing the moment to evolve the way the moment needs to evolve based on my sense of self at my highest level I am creating chaos in the world. I am creating chaos in the world. And I don't want to create that chaos. Now, do I? Yes. I just told you that. We started off the program with my confession on Friday. So what's that about? It's about a journey, my friend. A journey to self-realization. I have sometimes I don't I share things, and I really, really, really am very. That that's a lot of uh, adverbs. I'm 
I believe that Paramahasa Yogananda is is very definitely close to me. And he talks about self-realization in man's eternal quest. And he states, self-realization is the knowing in body, mind, and soul that we are one with omnipresence of God and that we do not have to pray that it come to us. That we are not merely near it at all times, but that God's omnipresence is our omnipresence. That we are just as much a part of him now as we ever will be. All we have to do is improve our knowing. Sometimes I say things twice, and today I want to say this again. Because I think it is so beautiful. Self-realization is the knowing in body, mind, and soul that we are one with the omnipresence of God, that we do not have to pray that it come to us, that we are not merely near it at all times, but that God's omnipresence is our omnipresence. That we are just a much a part of him now as we ever will be. All we have to do is improve our knowing. Improve our knowing. And then I have a, well maybe I have a final piece that I want to show you in, um, Hopefully it'll be here. I I had marked a spot in Neil Donald Walsh's book, Communion with God, that I wanted to share with you as we go out today. And it talks about the illusions. And let me read at the back. Most people believe in God. They just don't believe in a God who believes in them. You have come here to learn through your own experience that God resides within you. You have come to have a meeting with the creator, a creator that is within you and all around you. And in order to do so, you must look beyond all of our human illusions. When you recognize these illusions, you can change the way you think. When you accept that the illusions are only illusions, you can change what you believe. And when you learn to live without them, you can change the world. The eighth illusion is the illusion of conditionality. May be used to experience that aspect of yourself which exists without condition and which can love without condition for that very reason. You are an unconditional being, yet you cannot know that you are an unconditional being because there is no condition in which you are not unconditional. You are therefore in no condition. This is weird. This is true literally. You are in no condition to do anything. You can only be. Yet 
pure beingness does not satisfy you. For this reason, you have created the illusion of conditionality. This is the idea that one part of you, one part of life, one part of God depends upon another in order to be. This is an outgrowth or an enlargement of your illusion of disunity, which in turn springs from your illusion of need, which is the first illusion. There is really only one illusion, and all other illusions are an enlargement of that, as I have said repeatedly. It is from the illusion of conditionality that what you call relativity was created. Hot and cold, for instance, are really not opposites, but the very same thing in a different condition. Everything is the same thing. There is only one energy, and that is the energy you call life. The word God may be used interchangeably here. It is an in, the individual and specific vibration of this energy that you refer to as its condition. Under certain conditions, certain things occur and appear to be what you would call true. For instance, up is down and down is up under certain conditions. Your astronauts learned that in outer space, definitions of up and down disappeared. Trust or truth changed because conditions changed. And we are in a world of change right now. Changing conditions create changing truth. Truth is nothing more than a word meaning what is so right now. And that is scary for all of us, my friends. Yet what is so is also changing. Therefore, truth is always changing. When you know that conditions must appear to exist in order for you to experience non-conditionality, that is, in order for you to know God, you will bless the conditions of your life. You will bless the changes in your life, my friends. And every condition that you have ever experienced, these conditions have allowed you to experience that you are larger than any one of them. You have survived them. So the next time you're thinking about judging someone, about not getting on that elevator, instead of letting your face fill all full of fear and distrust, smile and say, hey, nice to see you guys. I'll take the next elevator. Have a good day now. Wow. You can make judgments and act positively. And be protective. Life is changing all the time. And you are enough just the way you are. Begin to forgive yourself and others. And know that you are loved. I'm going to play Winds of Peace for you for the last few minutes of the show here, the last one minute. And I'm going to tell you, thank you for joining me today. Whether alive or live, I guess, you're always alive, whether live or on the tapes that you can listen to. I'm in awe at the number of people who are listening to the tapes, and or the archive, I guess they call it. Blessings to you. Remember, forgive yourself. You are a part of God. And what you do matters. You are forgiven no matter what you choose to do. You are forgiven. But in terms of yourself, you're probably easier to live with yourself. And you'll be happiest with yourself if 
you reach for that highest act. If you, instead of fighting, speak love. If you lower your voice and if you remember that you don't have to do it alone. God is right there in you, with you, always. Peace be with you now and always, my friends. Winds of peace. Guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. <laughs> 